0: Welcome back to another episode of the Geekspin Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be speaking with Devin Tate, solo artist and former member of Shitting Glitter. We're going to be talking to him about his love of New Wave, reminiscing about the late Immy Crosby, even talking about performing at a gay pride festival in Iceland. So sit back and strap in, because the show is a go. You
1: have my sword, her bow. And their phaser. You have our dragon, her wand, his lightsaber. You have their special dice, her sonic screwdriver. We are united by what we love. We are united by what we
0: love. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Spin Podcast. And today I'm very excited to be speaking with Devin Tate formerly of shedding Glitter, and a solo artist. Devin, welcome. Thank
2: you, Corey. I'm really happy to be here.
0: So just getting started, how did you get your start in music?
2: So basically, really just through church, actually, believe it or not. When I was a kid, I grew up on a farm in the middle of Kansas, and... My family went to church every Sunday, so I sang, you know, at church and in the Christmas pageant and everything like that. Sunday school, so that was really where I got kind of got my first uh, start in music and started playing the piano in church. And all the old blue-haired ladies would always, you know, tell me how great I was, and so it was a real confidence booster at that young age. And then, you know, kind of in school, I finally started playing instruments in band. And, you know, from there, it just took off. I tried to form a band when I was a kid several times. And then finally, um, when I was a teenager, my brother and I started our first band together. And that was called Singe.
0: Oh, what type of music were you playing back then?
2: That was, we were in basically industrial rock. So I was the odd man out in that everybody else... Everybody else in the band was into Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson and Ministry, so that was kind of the sound that we were trying to go after. Even though it wasn't necessarily my type of music, I just kind of, you know, I was the keyboard player, but I also played the drums on the keyboard, so it's easy to get that industrial, you know, synth drum sound that way.
0: So where did you go from there?
2: So we we played in that band for a few years back in Kansas, and then. I graduated college and moved to LA. Like, I literally loaded up my car the week after graduation, and my brother did the same. And we drove all the way out here to California, uh, Los Angeles, where I've been ever since. And, you know, for a couple, for about a year, I was kind of just trying to figure out my way, kind of like learn Los Angeles and get everything settled with getting a job and getting an apartment. And then eventually I started going out to karaoke all the time. So that's when I kind of met Amy and Vaughn, who ended up being my bandmates in Shitting Glitter. And we just kind of decided we wanted to be a band after we, after we had all heard each other sing at karaoke and, and decided, okay, we, we could be in a band together.
0: You unfortunately suffered a bit of a tragedy uh, just recently when uh, Amy uh, passed away. Uh, did you want to talk about that at all?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, it was it's definitely been a, a difficult time, but you know, she had had a really hard time for the past few years. So, um, you know, on the on the good hand, you know, she's in a better place. She's not in pain anymore. She had a lot of physical pain. Um, she actually always had physical pain ever since I knew her, so but it got really bad lately in the last few years. Um, but yeah, you know, we hadn't really been um hanging out a lot for a while, but um, back in I think 2018, we kind of kind of reconnected and started working on music again. We had started recording a couple songs, and we actually did just a little little show here in my apartment, actually, with some friends, where Amy and I played some of the early Shitting Glitter songs together. So I was, you know, kind of hopeful that we were going to be able to get something going again. And then unfortunately, when COVID hit, she was just very isolated, and things got worse really quickly.
0: And definitely a loss. Uh, How did Shit and Glitter really get started? Uh, You mentioned uh, getting together at karaoke. At what point did you guys really decide, you know, we can do this, we can uh, form a band? And um, how did you... Where were your first shows?
2: Yeah, so we... um you know Vaughn and Amy actually had kind of been playing together and writing songs together they were going under the name short-haired girls club cuz they both had short hair and they kind of played at like lesbian house parties and softball games and things like that not not anything official just kind of like they would bring the guitar and start singing and so they played me some of their songs, and I said, oh, you know, do you mind if I bring my keyboard over and we can kind of jam? And so we we kind of got a few songs worked up that way, and then we got a drummer and a guitar player to kind of join in. And one of the places we always did karaoke was this dive bar called Jocks, which is spelled J-O-X. Uh, it's not there anymore, unfortunately, but... Uh, we you know we were doing karaoke there a lot and we knew the bartender and the manager and so they were gonna do their anniversary party i think it was like their 10th anniversary and they said oh we'd like a band to play would you guys like to play so that was our first you know public gig and we also played our second public gig there too and then once kind of word got around that oh there's a gay bar there's a gay band you know in town uh, we started playing at a lot of little gay dive bars because most of them have little stages and sound systems but back in that time you know there weren't a lot of like live music acts playing in gay bars in LA so we were kind of trying to usher that in by saying like you know gays are more than just dance music like we play live music too
0: how would you describe Shitting Glitter's uh, sound it kind of seems to me to be a combination of kind of electronica and punk
2: yeah, so when we first started, uh, we kind of called it Bayou Punk. We were trying to kind of be raw and gritty, and in the early days, I didn't, you know, play too much keyboard. I kind of played piano or, or organ sounds to kind of add a little bit to the guitar that we already had, and so it was very, you know, sparse and punk in the beginning. And then eventually, throughout a few different lineup changes and things happening, we kind of decided to go in a more electro route. So that's when we kind of got, you know, brought in the drum machine and had amped up the electronics. And, you know, we kind of stopped playing with a live drummer for a while, and we just concentrated on kind of getting that you know electro clash was a really big deal in la at that time and so we were kind of trying to fit into the electro clash scene um but still kind of keeping that punk ethos so that was kind of how we started and as it went on it kind of became a little more electro more pop um you know we were trying to be a little more mainstream trying to get more gigs and bigger gigs and build an audience so
0: and uh, you've managed to travel uh, around the country a little bit um uh... The first place that I was introduced to Shit and Glitter was actually here in Winnipeg, where uh, you played back in 2010, I believe it was.
2: Yes, yes. That was actually one of my last gigs with the band. Um, but yeah, before that, we had really, you know, I, I, um, I was just very persistent in trying to book gigs. So I was spending a lot of time just emailing and calling and sending our press kit out. And, you know, we got some pretty big gigs here in L.A. We played at L.A. Gay Pride, which is a pretty big festival. So that was a huge stage for us. And then from that, you know, once we had gotten that under our belt, we were able to book a lot of other gay pride festivals. And events like we got to play at the Queer Media and Entertainment Conference in New York, uh, New York City. That was the first time we played on the East Coast. And then we went on tour kind of up and down the West Coast. And eventually we got to play at Iceland Gay Pride, Reykjavik Gay Pride. Um, So that was our first international gig. So that was really, really fun. And then, yeah, Canada, uh, Winnipeg Gay Pride, that was... um, Our guitar player at that time was from Brainerd, Minnesota originally, and so she kind of knew about Winnipeg, and she said, oh, that would be a cool place for us to play. So luckily we we got selected, and and that that was definitely one of the highlights of my time with the band.
0: So tell me about performing in Iceland.
2: Yeah, so, you know, Icelandic people in general are pretty open and accepting. Um, and, you know, there's not like a ton of stuff to do there, apparently. It's a you know pretty small country. So even though it's the Gay Pride Festival, it really is just like kind of a big party for the entire city. So when we played at downtown Reykjavik, there was about 40,000 people there. And it was also apparently on television. And, you know, obviously it wasn't just LGBTQ people. It was literally just anybody who wanted to come out and have a good time. There was a big parade. And then we basically played at the end of the parade route. And that was like kind of the big headlining gig. But we had a smaller show a couple nights before that was like one of the pride events. They had events like every night Um, so that, that time we played like in a, in a theater, but it was, you know, crowded full theater and, you know, people were really nice to us and people bought CDs. It was really one of the best gigs that we had had to that point.
0: 2010 you mentioned that you were uh you left uh shit and glitter and decided to straight cut on your own tell me about the first uh, couple of shows that you did as a solo artist
2: sure well um let's see i know one of the first gigs i did was just me with the piano so i really wanted to kind of prove to people that i was more than just kind of a you know keyboard player backup singer in a in a in a gay band with a funny name you know so i really tried to kind of get some credibility as a musician that way so I I did start playing kind of like acoustic um, shows with songs that I had written. And then my brother who had been in shitting glitter too, um, he had actually been dating Amy. So even though Amy was a professed lesbian and, you know, we are a gay band, kind of our dark secret was that actually Amy was dating a man and, you know, my brother and he was in the <laughs> band. Um, so when that, when everything happened and they broke up, you know, I did stay with the band for a, a couple more years, but then I went solo and, and my brother joined me and his, um, his wife also joined me uh, as a backup singer and I had some other musicians that I worked with during that time. So the first gigs you know were really exciting because I was like trying to establish myself as a solo artist and you know I was finally getting to play songs that I had written because that was the thing in Shitting Glitters that Amy wanted to write all the lyrics. So even if I thought I had great ideas for the Shitting Glitters song um you know, all I was allowed to present would be like the backing music or the tracks. Like I wasn't allowed to even suggest, you know, what the lyrics might say.
0: (laughs) Who are some of your influences uh, as a musician?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I was really influenced by like early MTV 80s new wave bands, um, Human League and Duran Duran and Culture Club. And, and then in, one in particular, uh, Scritti Polity, I remember when Amy and I first met, I was kind of going through her CD collection, and she had the Scritti Politti Cupid and Psyche album. And I said, Oh, I didn't, I would never have suspected that you liked this band or this album. And she said, Oh, yeah, that's one of my favorites. And so that was one of the first moments when I thought okay well we can work together because even though she was very much into like Ani DeFranco and Indigo Girls and Melissa Etheridge she also had this soft spot for some you know off kilter quirky 80s synth pop and and new wave so that was kind of where we tried to find our common ground together was in those kind of 80s especially Duran Duran I I know one of the last concerts Amy and I went to together was uh, Duran Duran downtown at the uh, Nokia Center um so yeah, that's been my main influences. And then and then Tiffany is my favorite singer of all time, which I kinda consider her to be new wave, especially on her first album.
0: So where do you find yourself mainly performing nowadays?
2: Yeah, lately, you know, especially with COVID, everything kind of came to a standstill. Before COVID I was doing uh I started kind of doing these jam nights where, you know, at different bars where all types of musicians would come together and and do cover songs cuz it was really something i hadn't done before you know in shitting glitter we really minimized cover songs amy hated doing covers you know even though we all started out doing karaoke she had a vision for the band to be completely original and authentic and different so we didn't do a lot of covers and then when I kind of went out on my own, I kind of did some covers, but I usually tried to pick ones that people didn't know so that wouldn't be like they weren't judging me on my, you know, ability to cover a song. Um So I started doing these, you know, nights where I would, you know, Elton John night or the Beatles night or whatever. And I would play those songs and it really made me a better musician. And I was gigging regularly because of that, because not only would I do those nights, but then a lot of the musicians would say, hey, I need a keyboard player or I need a backup vocalist. So I was playing a lot, you know, like here in L.A. on the Sunset Strip. And there's a winery up in Thousand Oaks that I was playing out a lot and then since covid started i shifted to online and uh, virtual shows so i did a lot of those through the first year of covid and then kind of just got burnt out on that (laughs) so i really haven't been playing much lately what i've been focusing on is Um, you know, there's a lot of shitting glitter material that's not out there anymore, whether it was something that we released back in the day, like on burned CDs. uh, And then kind of, you know, once we ran out of the burned CDs, that was it. Or, you know, there's a lot of stuff Amy and I worked on, you know, in the years after I left that, you know, we decided, okay, let's finish these. Let's like polish them up and get them sounding good and put them out there. So I'm currently working on a unreleased fourth Shitting Glitter album. And that's really what I've been focusing on with
0: my music lately. And it's kind of both a retrospective and new material from uh, Shitting Glitter, I believe
2: yeah I mean some of the songs we did release back in the day, like on Myspace, I guess would have been the <laughs> the era that some of the songs came out. but even then they weren't really finished. they were kind of like a de- you know demos that we would put up and so luckily, my brother kept all of those original files so even though we may have put out a demo that we put together, you know I was able to go back and get all of the different vocal takes that Amy had recorded and kind of you know pick and choose and comp a really a good vocal out of all the different takes so they're gonna be you know even if people have heard these songs which most of them people haven't really heard them it they're still gonna be sounding brand new because they're we have so much better technology and more knowledge now than we did back in those days
0: where did she do mostly recording as shit and glitter
2: yeah so most of it we did in brandon and amy's apartment brandon um you know my brother he's like um kind of a producer, he has all the equipment, that was initially why I got him to join the band in the first place, was he was producing our first album that we ever did, and... That was during the time a lot of turmoil was going on. So he ended up joining the band and then he just really self-produced most of our early stuff. And even, you know, the later stuff, we would initially record it, you know, in their apartment building, in their apartment. Um, But then we found Hoagie, Craig Hill, uh, his company is called Sea Monster Sounds. And he's out in Malibu, California, and he has a home studio that he's built. It's really nice. And so eventually we started recording most of our stuff out there. So, like the the bulk of the last album, Open for Business, was mostly recorded out in Malibu.
0: Nowadays, I guess you're recording at home.
2: Yeah, I do most of my recording at home unless, you know, it's like for my album. So for my last studio album I put out uh, back in 2019, Art Damage, I did uh, rent studios around town. There was one called Wax over in Hollywood, which is actually a really historic studio. Jimi Hendrix recorded a lot there. A lot of other artists have recorded there. So especially if I'm having guest musicians come in, um, I had a lot of guest musicians on that last album and, you know, I didn't want them to come over to my bedroom, you no, it's kind of like I wanted to raise the bar and make it a little more professional. So there's that studio, and then there's one called The Room on Melrose where we recorded most of the vocals were in that studio. Uh,
0: when you're doing mixing, are you doing that from home, or are you doing that uh, in studio as well?
2: Yeah, I do all the mixing at home. So I have um, Logic, Logic Pro X. That's what I mix on, um, and that's just all in my computer at home. And so I, I don't like... I'm not like... I'm not one of those people that can just sit down for hours and hours and mix. I kind of have to like schedule time out here and there, and and I'll work a little bit, and then I'll listen to the song, and then I'll come back a week later and tweak it a little bit more. So it does end up taking a long time that way, but that's just how I work. I'm not one of those people that can just you know sit there for hours and hours mixing. I I get burnt out really quickly. <laughs> we are the. Revenants. Revenants.
0: When can we expect the new "Shine and Glitter" album?
2: Well, I I was really hoping to get it out before the end of the year. Uh, we're definitely going to put out a single before the end of the year, and we're actually shooting a video for it um, in mid- in the middle of November. So that'll definitely be out. Um, Part of what's taking so long is actually a good thing is that once we started working on these songs and I started sharing them with other people who have been in the band or played with the band or, you know, even just, you know, friends of the band, you know, people started saying, oh, this is really good. Like, I would love to, you know, add a bass part on here or I would like to add a guitar part on here. So, you know, it started out with just songs that me, Amy, and my brother, Brandon, had kind of recorded, but now I've gotten, like, AJ, who was our guitar player when we played in Canada, uh, and Red Fox, who played bass for us at that time, too, and even Billy, our first guitar player we ever had back in the early days. So I have several people that are working and sending me parts, and I'm mixing those in, so I'm trying to make it, you know, really collaborative and really involve different aspects and eras from people who were involved in Shitting Glitter.
0: So how many uh, songs are you expecting to have on the new album?
2: So the new album has 10 songs. Um, There was a few others that I could have pulled from, but I thought, you know what, 10 is a good number. I'd really rather just put out 10 good songs as an album. And then, you know, that does leave me with some other stuff. There's, you know, there's a whole B-Sides album that I could do. I'd like to go back through our B-Sides and remix those and, and put that out. And then I'm definitely doing our first album, Post No Bills. Um, You know, that was one that I mentioned, like we, when we released it per se, we just burned like 50 copies of it on CD. I went to Kinko's and like, you know, printed out the album cover. And, you know, once those 50 copies were gone, we had pretty much moved on. You know, like we, we loved that album. Like the first day we were finished with it and we listened to it. And then, like two weeks later, we're like, oh man, this really sucks. Like, what were we thinking? So we kind of had. We kind of moved on from it and forgot about it. But again, I have all those original files and and some of it's really good. And there's other things that, you know, Amy and I were trying to work on before she passed. So Amy actually did come and record, re-record a lot of her vocals because not that she didn't do a good job the first time. It's just that we didn't have good equipment. You know, we had like cheap microphones and, um, you know, we were recording in apartments and, and so we did, um, I basically got her to re-record a lot of stuff, and uh, we have new guitar parts, you know, new keyboard parts. So it still is going to sound like the original, you know, intent of the songs, but it's just going to sound a little more technically polished.
0: One of the things that I bought from you uh, recently was uh, the Arso uh, single. Uh, which came out on vinyl. Are you planning on doing uh, a few more vinyl editions? It's going to be mainly CD, digital download. Are you planning on putting out cassettes or a track for that matter? Uh,
2: yeah, so it de- it definitely just depends on kind of how the the stuff is received when we do put it out there. But um, we do, do know for sure that we're going to put a, a Greatest Hits kind of compilation album on vinyl Uh, We have a really good friend, Ryan Newcomb, and he just started a record label called In The Cue Records. So uh, he is working with us to put that uh, compilation out on vinyl. So it'll probably be next year. So I think next year will be kind of a big year because... Hopefully we'll have the new unreleased album out. We'll put that compilation on vinyl and then we'll re-release our first album, Post No Bills, because that'll actually be the 20th anniversary of the original release of that. So depending on how those things go, I would love to put more out on vinyl. And, you know, we always talked about putting out a cassette album, which we just never ended up doing. So there's definitely a lot of potential. Uh, So we'll just have to kind of wait and see what what I actually get done.
0: Yeah. As a performer, uh, what are your preferred, uh, Methods, I guess, of listening to music. Are you a vinyl guy?
2: I'm definitely a vinyl guy. Um, I, you know, buy a new record like every week almost at this point. So I kind of have to cycle in and out because I don't have a lot of room. But vinyl is my preferred. Ever since I was a little kid, I've always been a vinyl junkie. Um, I do like streaming because I like to be able to explore and find new music. A lot of the new bands that I've liked, I've found from, you know, Spotify is what I mainly use. And, you know, whether people suggest something to, to me, or Spotify suggests it through the algorithm, you know? Um, But I primarily use that to kind of find new things, or like, find old things that I haven't heard for a while, and then you know, if I really like a band, I'll probably go see them live, and then if I like the live show, then I'll buy the album on vinyl. Um, Or a lot of reissues I buy on vinyl, you know, especially if it's like a new colored vinyl, you know, purple vinyl or whatever comes out. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm a big vinyl junkie.
0: Uh, You recently did a retrospective uh, for Amy. Um, Can you tell me about how that went?
2: Sure, yeah. Um, Well, I did the retrospective of my music. um, So basically, well, really what happened, (laughs) if you want the real story, is I had already paid for... to manufacture a two-disc CD set, which was intended to be the Shitting Glitter Post-No-Bills re-release. And, you know, I think I mentioned Amy was having a pretty hard time the last few years, so it was really difficult to get her to focus on anything. Um, she she had a lot of problems with, with her alcoholism, and so... It was just really complicated to try to, you know, engineer any sort of recording session or kind of get her to be, you know, on on the same page as me, Um, because she just frankly had other things to deal with that were more pressing. You know, her health obviously was number one. Um so it just ended up that that wasn't going to happen, and I had already paid for everything, um, for the actual physical CD to be, you know, produced. So uh, when COVID started, I thought, okay, well, I've already paid for this. I want to do something, and you know, I had put out a couple solo albums under my name, but I also had a, a album I did with my band, The Traders, back in 2016, I believe, and. I like I mentioned before I'm not much of a mixer. I don't like mixing music. I'm not that good at it. Um, but I had mixed that whole album, and it was a whole live band album with drums and guitar and bass and multiple vocalists. And I did not do a great job on it. I'll be the first to admit. So I kind of wanted to take some of those songs that you know when you if you're on Spotify or Apple Music and you put in Devon Tate, thankfully they don't come up under my artist page because they're under Devon Tate and the Traders. So I thought, Oh, wouldn't it be great to kind of take some of those songs and bring them up to like the same standard that i currently have, you know, with my music and then put them on my page so that they're kind of part of my, my um, repertoire. So that was really what I did with that retrospective and and I did do a Shitting Glitter song on there. Um, You know, I talked to Amy first to make sure it was okay. Um, It was one that we had never released before, so I finished that one off. And then, yeah, that was kind of really what got me thinking, like, okay, we need to start doing this for Shitting Glitter. And, you know, Amy and I had talked a lot about it, and unfortunately, you know, Pretty soon after that is when she ended up in the hospital for a long time. She was in the hospital for most of the summer last year in 2020, um, so there just wasn't any any ability for us to work on that. Um, but after she passed away, I thought, you know, what? If I know Amy, I know that what she would want to be remembered for most was her music. So if you know, I can help preserve that legacy and and get more of her music out there. Then you know, I think we're both gonna be really happy with that. Yeah.
0: And you also had a celebration of life where you got uh, some old members of Shin and Glitter together and did a uh, video show.
2: We did. Yeah, that was really great. I mean, unfortunately with COVID, a lot of people weren't ready to come out yet. Um, It was outdoors. So that was really good. So everybody there felt like it was safe. And, and, you know, Amy's best friends were there and and the, the core members of the band were there. So we did do, Um, I think we did like five or six of the Shitting Glitter songs that we performed live and we had Coco Ono who's our drag queen go-go dancer that we always had performing with us back in the day so it was a really good night Um, tons of pictures of Amy and her artwork were up so I definitely felt that she was there and you know it's opened the door to the possibility of maybe you know we can do something like that again because it's not that we you know want to replace Amy obviously she's irreplaceable but I think she would just be ticked to look down and see her music still being performed live, you know, even after she's not here with us.
1: I thought that you were out of reach, but then you said something about big Beach, and I thought to myself, there there is something. On the charms with wide open arms, we went for a spin and took it all in. And when the sun came up, that smile was still there. The smell of your skin still lingers in my mind. I wanted to until the time we can leave. In the night sky I never felt anything so intense. I looked at you And he looked at me Sometimes one And one makes three So I went with the plot And I tore down my defense The smell of your skin Still lingers in my mind I wanted to stay Till the time We can meet again Here today, tomorrow gone Somehow it doesn't feel that far The smell of your skin still lingers in my mind I wanted to say until the time We can meet again in my mind I wanted to stay
0: you said something about winnipeg beach yeah obviously covid's uh changed the way that a lot of artists are now uh, doing their music um how are you feeling right now uh with the way that things are going in the u.s are you planning on trying to get back out into uh doing gigs or are you going to still be doing things online for a little while
2: Yeah, I would like to get back out there. I do have a gig coming up in December. So that's kind of my first, you know, gig coming up here coming out of COVID. The thing that I have noticed is that now when you do go to a concert or a live gig, it seems like people are just really, really excited about it. Um, We went and saw Electric 6 at the Viper Room, I think it was last month. And you know even though everyone's wearing a mask, it's like you can see people's masks moving, everyone's singing the songs underneath. And, and you know, I think everyone's just waiting for that day when we can just really go back to the way, the way it used to be, you know, where we can, you know, be in a mosh pit and sing along and get all sweaty together and really enjoy it.
0: So what's uh, coming up next for you? Uh, what sort of, uh, what projects do you have on the go? Aside from, you know, obviously the retrospective
2: Yeah, so I mean, I'm always like trying to work on some new music. I just, you know, I'm that type of person that I always get a song in my head. Um, I'm doing some things that are more just for fun, like my my brother and I, um, our uncle is actually in a band. Um, They just played uh, at a little festival back in Kansas uh, last month that I went to. And so they're all, you know, in their 70s, my uncle and his band members, bandmates, but I got to kind of play with them in between their set. Um, And so my my cousin, his daughter, is a musician too, and several other of our cousins are you know they're they're not technically musicians, but they like to play and sing so we've kind of had this thing where we've been working on songs together, kind of like as cousins. we all got on this. Google chat together during COVID so that we could stay in touch better. And so that kind of took off from there. You know, we'd just kind of have an idea for, hey, that would make a good song. And so somebody would write lyrics and then somebody else would, you know, take those lyrics and set them to music. And we would just upload everything into the Google chat. And then we started like a Google drive, you know, so that we could get organized. So that's one thing that I'm doing that, you know, I don't know if it'll ever see the light of day publicly, <laughs> you know, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um, um And then, yeah, just trying to kind of get back into the live scene here in LA. Um, I mentioned that winery, Nabu wines. Um, that's where I'm playing again in December, and everybody that plays there is like such a great musician and very collaborative. So um, hopefully I'll be able to start collaborating and working
0: with some of those folks again soon. Now, you mentioned your brother a lot. Uh, did you come from a musical family?
2: Yeah, it's funny. Not really at all. I mean, other than my uncle, who I mentioned, you know, he was always in a band, but, um, my parents are not musical. There was not really, you know, it wasn't like there was instruments in our house really when we were young. Uh, eventually I did get a piano, um, cause I think I, I was wanting a piano, um, But, you know, my brother was not really ever that into music when we were growing up. I was kind of like the band nerd and and he didn't really he was more into sports and all that kind of outdoor activity. But it was really like in high school when he started getting into like Nine Inch Nails and bands, you know, like that, that he really liked. That he was kind of thought, oh, well, you know, Devin, maybe he's cooler than I thought, because he's into all this music, too. And so we started talking about music. And then what happened was I actually bought a guitar... Uh, I bought a used guitar and an amp, a little electric guitar, and I kind of took it home. This was when I'd already moved away from home. I lived on my own, and I kind of tried to play it and realized, I don't know what I'm doing here. So I went into my parents' house, and I gave it to my brother, and I said, here's a guitar. Uh, You're going to learn how to play it, and then we're going to be in a band together. So that was really kind of how we got started. And, and luckily at that time, he was very, um, he wanted to to write lyrics and sing. So he was the lead singer, the front man for our band. And I kind of just went into the background and did the synth drums on my keyboard and then added some like industrial sounds here and there. So that was really how we got started together. And ever since then, we have played together in different bands or, you know, just for fun, even.
0: What would be your dream gig? you know, who would you most like to be able to share the stage with?
2: Oh, gosh. I mean, I I still love all those 80s new wave bands that are still out on the road. Uh, Duran Duran just put out a new album this week, which is actually amazing. So, you know, I'd love to, to open for any of those, Human League or, you know, Devo or anyone like that. Um, so I don't know if that would be, you know everyone's idea of a dream gig, but for me, it would just be amazing. And, and you know, with Shitting Glitter, we actually had some of that, like we played with Bow Wow Wow and we played with Berlin and and Tiffany, my favorite singer, like I mentioned, we got to open, we opened for all of them uh, at one point or another. We played with, um, God, who was that other band? Uh, we opened for quite a few of those 80s bands that are still out there on the road. So to some degree, I've done some of that, but um Yeah, I mean, I just what I really care about is if you play a gig and there's people that are actually paying attention and and listening and watching, which unfortunately in L.A. is not always the way things work out.
0: (laughs) Had no idea that Duran Duran was putting on a new album. Gonna have to go look for that. They're uh, one of my favorite bands uh, growing up as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, they were one of the first bands I think I ever really was aware of because my cousin liked them. And, you know, they were on the radio all the time, like The Reflex, I remember, and Hungry Like the Wolf. I remember those songs just being like every time you'd get in the car. And, you know, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Kansas, so we were always driving somewhere. And so... You know, I just always remember them being on the radio and then I kind of stuck with them and kind of as a kid growing up, got to see that side of things where like, you know, one minute you're like the number one band that everyone's talking about. And then all of a sudden, a few years later, you put out an album and nobody talks about it. Nobody says anything. It's not on the radio. So kind of learned a lot, you know, by following, following those careers and some of those 80s bands.
0: Where can people find you online?
2: Yeah, so I do have my website, Uh I also, just after Amy passed, I put shittingglitter.com back online, because we had always had that website, and unfortunately, at some point, you know, Amy had let it go, and, um, but once she, actually, before she even passed, I was able to get, you know, the, the, the domain back and I got like the Twitter account and everything back. Cause she was kind of helping me, you know, figure out what all the passwords were and everything. Cause you know, she really did want to get everything back. And I know there's like a product out that's called Shit and Glitter. I think it's like a bathroom spray or something. And she was very upset. And I remember she called the company and she was like, how dare you? I, I own this. I own the name Glitter." and Glitter. <laughs> and, and I remember that they were, they had pointed out, well, you know, you don't even have a website up right now. And she was very upset by that. So that was when I said, okay, I'm going to get that website back up. And So after she passed, I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make it kind of a memorial to her. So, you know, I put all of her paintings on there and there, we actually made her paintings available, you know, for people, if they want them, they're all on the website and people can just kind of claim them. And, you know, if they're here in LA, they're welcome to come pick them up or I can drop them off. Or if they're farther, we'll make shipping arrangements. But, um, so yeah, we have the shittingglitter.com, devintate.com. And then of course I'm on Instagram and Twitter and I have a Facebook. Facebook music page and Shitting Glitter did have a Facebook music page but Facebook recently deleted it because they said it violated their obscenity standards which is just you know bullshit (laughs) pardon my Uh, I mean we had that page for since the dawn of Facebook you know we were one of you know we were among the first bands to be on Facebook because like I mentioned we were on MySpace and we used MySpace a lot because you know we started before there was social media so when MySpace came out we were like this is amazing we can instead of just emailing people that we already know we can actually have people that don't know us find us on here
0: so I think we're going to wrap that up there so once again Devon Tate thank you very much for coming out it's been great speaking with you
2: thank you so much
0: once again huge thank you to Devon Tate for coming out today you can find Devin's website at devintate.com as well as Shit and Glitter's website at shitandglitter.com And if you'd like to help support the podcast, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash meet he geeks. That's right. We screwed up on it. So that's M-E-E-T-H-E-G-E-E-K-S. This is the Cory Geek signing off.